don't know uh, what you've done this weekend. I know yesterday my wife and I, mother-in-law, saw the new Mr. Rogers movie. I know, I know. You can't help but go, oh, right, right. And um, I just, I love that movie. After, afterwards, I, I even, I was someplace where I got um, Mr. Rogers' encouragements. And um, I don't know, I was, I was so excited. But, uh, but, you know, I just love it because they end the movie just the way I, I hoped they would, you know. Because, spoiler alert, uh, he says, you know, I like you just the way you are. And uh, sometimes when I speak to you, I, um, I come to challenge. Sometimes, maybe admonish, sometimes just to train or teach. Uh, today, I really feel like God just wants me to give you a message of encouragement. Because I, I think that with Thanksgiving, um, we all know it's a time to give thanks. But I think it's also a time to put our disappointments in life to rest. Okay? And what I mean by that is this, is that I think that we, we all want the big God moment, right? Um, where we get to be the celebrity who saves the day or watch God do the mighty miracle or, or maybe we win the lottery. And, and uh, those aren't bad things, by the way. Um, but more often than not, I, I'm really feeling these days that God just wants us to be thankful for the place He has put us, the people He's placed in our lives, and the resources he provides. So, so today, I'm just here to tell you that God likes you just the way you are. Uh, that, that you have value, that you have worth, that you have a contribution to make. Um, and, and I want to share it with you um, with this story. Because it, it's a story that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. But I, I just as I read it recently, it just God kind of opened up some new things to me that I, that I just want to share with you. Um, and Jesus is talking about the, um, what the kingdom of heaven will be like. And this is what he says. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Wow. And happy Thanksgiving. So you, went, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. And then, well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. 
Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Happy Thanksgiving. So, um, but you know, I, I read that story, and here's the thing I realize. Here's the big problem with this story. Okay? Here it is. The problem is that we all think that we're the person who receives five bags. Whenever I read that story, I never think of myself as the two-bagger, okay? I never think of myself as the one who goes and hides the money. I always think, of course I'm going to have five bags of gold. Of course I'm going to be the favored one. Of course I'm going to get the most because I'm daddy's favorite, right? And, and you won't admit that, but the majority of you feel the same way. Maybe some of you not, but, but I just know that, that for me, I think that, that I'm oftentimes looking for what I think I deserve or should have rather than being happy with what I've got. See, that's, that's the amazing thing of the story. He gives each one as to his ability, right? And one person, man, one person gets five bags, right? Because that's their ability to handle that. One gets two. Now, here's the question. Does the one get two any less valuable to the master? The answer is no. I know when, when we started this church, I remember saying, you know what, we are going to be the great, next great thing to hit the valley, right? We are going to be the happening church that's going to be a mega church in five years, you know, with our own building up on the hill. We're still working on that 23 years later, right? And, and I remember that's what we thought. We were going to be the one that comes in and hits the grand slam and all the other churches will be in awe. Well, here's the deal. Didn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way at all. 23 years later, we're still in the school, Right? But here's the thing I want you to see. 23 years later, that's why I love, love that video, is because 23 years later, God's doing an incredible work. And, and, and I'll tell you right, right now, I am so filled with gratitude for the work that I see God doing, not seeing and looking at it from a perspective of what I don't have. And see, see for you, I, I just want to challenge you, and maybe you're already there, okay? But, but the question is, are you okay with what you've been given? Would you be grateful to God if you received two bags of gold instead of five? Would you be okay to live in the shadow of someone else who produced more? Are you thankful for the abilities God gave you, or are you longing to be in someone else's more important shoes? Now, now this story is just so fascinating to me, right? Because what the master does is pretty incredible. The master goes and he, and he, and he doles out his wealth, right? And he says to everyone, hey, I'm going on a trip. You're in charge, I'll be back. I, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a kid, right? My dad um, worked for a pharmaceutical company, and, and, and every now and then he would go on business trips. And I remember he would always say this, just as a young kid, I still remember this. He said, Sean, you're the man of the house. All right. You know. And I remember, I have two sisters, right? So I let them know, I'm in charge now, you follow my orders. Okay? <laughs> this was at a pretty young age, right? And, and my mom kind of said, yeah, easy, Tiger. Um, but, you know, you know. <laughs> but, but the thing is that, that, see, here's the thing. That really wasn't intentional, Jamie. <laughs> the thing is that you had to be there. Okay, um, but, but see, here's the thing, is that what happens is, is that the master has entrusted us with his wealth until he returns. And all he asks is that we use what we have been given faithfully and wisely because he desires his kingdom to grow under our care. Um, now, now, see, here's the thing. 
is that, that some of us say, yeah, but I don't have five bags. I've only got two. I don't have great wealth or prominence. I don't have a fancy title, and, and therefore, I must not be as valuable. And we buy that lie, which is from the pit of hell. Right? Uh, you know, I, 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 I've heard it in so many different ways. Well, I'm not this, or I don't have this, or if only I had this, then I can make a difference for God. And I just don't buy it. Because, because see, here's the thing, is God says, use what I have been given you. And the only thing he asks is that we use it faithfully and wisely. He doesn't ask that, that we, it's not that we, what we don't have, right? And we have the opportunity to multiply what Christ has entrusted to us. And, and how do you believe God wants you to grow his kingdom? Okay, so, you know, this whole thing that Pastor Ron just showed in, in Pattaya, Thailand, right? Okay, so, so they came to us, and this was like an 11th hour request. I mean, they just had this opportunity, and they had like, like two weeks, I think, to turn it around, right? And this was um, several thousand dollars. And I remember uh, sharing this with our missions, our benevolence team, and, and they said, we need to do this. But we didn't have that money. We had, we had enough to do half of it, right? And, and, and so we're going, what, what do we do with this, right? And then, and then uh, we had someone and did not see this coming. We had an anonymous donor say, you know what, I will give X amount, and they gave a substantial amount to this just to see this happen. Would you guys be willing to match the rest? And we kind of looked and we scraped and we said, you know what, okay. Now, now here's the thing, okay. We didn't buy the building. We didn't rent it for five years. We just got this ministry in the door and up and running for the next six months, right? But, but the beauty of that is that I loved it when people just got together with what they had, right? With what we had as a church. And now we get to partner with God to work in the red light district of Thailand, right? In Pattaya, right? We, 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 get to, we get to be a part of an answered prayer of God bringing uh, women out of the human trafficking trade, I guess it is. Um, to find freedom in Jesus and freedom from the, the, the slavery they're in, really. And, and here's the thing. What could be more valuable than that? I, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I've just been reading this story, and, and I think, God, what do you want me to do with what I have to grow your kingdom? What do you want me to do with what I have to grow your kingdom? You know, we've been doing the, the Imagine More, right? Um, now, I have not seen what anyone here has given to this. I know uh, the people who have given, and I know there's many of you have come, come up to me today and said, can we still give more, more later on? And the answer, of course, yes. Um, but uh, our, I think our, our first kickstart Sunday is December 8th, where we'll announce the amount that's been raised so far. We know this is a two-year process, and so we'll, we'll announce that on December 8th, and that's when people can start giving their gifts, but, but some have said later, um, some have said, you know, I'll start on this date, et cetera, et cetera. But, but uh, there was one card that I was shown because everyone was so touched by it. And what do you think was the card they gave me? Well, of course, it was the person who gave 100000 It was not. Because you know, you might probably aren't here. But um, they, they showed me this card. It's about a little girl named Cassie who pledged $5 a month. It's a whole allowance for the next two years of her life. And when you're like seven, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure Cassie's age. Do we know Cassie's age? Um, that's a lifetime. <laughs> it really is, right? But, but see, for her, she just said, God, 
I want to do what you want me to do. Now, now that may not seem like much to you, but to me, um, I, I think that gift meant the most, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's all important. Um, but, but see, here's the thing. This little girl just wanted to share in the joy of the master. And, and, and see, that's the whole point. The important outcome is sharing the joy of the master, not, much, not how much we attain or the fame of our ability. And whether we have five bags of gold or two, we still bring the master the same amount of joy. Notice that? What was said to the person who had five who got five more, the exact same thing was said to the person who had two, right? Because that's what they had. That's what they had, and they used it well. And was it the same amount as the other person? No, not at all, right? It was less than half. But see, for the master, the effort, the energy, the, 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 the faithfulness um, made all the difference. Both entered in the joy of their master. Because it's not about status or wealth or accolades or, or promise, but, but faithfulness. Now, now, here's the thing. I mean, you know, we, we get entrusted with things all the time. And the question is, why not just uh, play it safe? I mean, when you look at the person who buried it, I, I don't know about you. I don't necessarily blame that person, right? Because they're, they're a little nervous about it. They don't want to screw this up. They don't want to lose it, right? And, and, and so what do they do? They do what they think is the prudent thing. They just hide it. They just hide it. Now, granted, they could have gone into the bank and they could have gotten interest on that, but, but they just don't want to mess up. And, and, and so they, they live in this fear of they don't want to lose what they have, and so they play it safe. How many of us do that? How many of us do that? We're, we're, we're living in a constant fear that we might lose what we have, so, so we play it safe. But see, here's the thing, is, is that for this person, um, their view of God, to me, was, was um, so restrictive. Right? You know, they, the first thing they say is, I knew you were a hard man. Okay, first off, that's their view of God. You are a hard man. You are a hard God. And, and, and so many of us think of God in that way. God, I know that you are a hard God, and you're just waiting for me to screw up. How many of you ever felt like that? Right? You're just waiting for me to blow up because you know that I'm going to make a mistake. By the way, every person in this room has blown it at one point or other. Right? If you don't think you ever have, I'm not sure this is the church for you, to be honest. Um, this is a, um, but, but, but here's the thing, is that, that at one point we're all going to mess up. And, and, and so we, we, we can just let that describe us. We can let that control us. We can let that hinder us. We can live in fear that God's going to be mad at us. And, and, and some of us, when we think of God as our father, we think of maybe for some of you, your own father or a parent figure or, or whoever it might be. You know, you're a kid. That, that's what they did. They just waited for you to mess up. And they let you know that. And so you've lived in fear of messing up your whole life. But now what happens when you have a, a, a God who loves you so much that he entrusts you with his wealth? And he says, here, I believe in you, and I want you to do even more with what I've given you. And so here you go. The keys are yours. But we can't shake that old mindset. You, I knew you were a hard man, and so I was afraid. And so I was afraid. And I think that God wants us to break that fearfulness in our lives. See, the hard part about this story is this servant was just so quick to get rid of that money. 
They, they couldn't stand having that, right? Hey, look, here's your money back. Okay, I didn't lose it. Here it is. Okay, I'm done. He refuses to acknowledge responsibility, and, and he so could have easily just fulfilled his master's wish, even on a very basic level. See, um, one who is trustworthy in what is his own will not be trustworthy in what concerns others. And, and so for this person, um, there's just some hard lessons. Because the, 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 the part I don't like about this story, there's a part about this story I just don't like, right? I mean, what happens to the person who hides it? I mean, ooh, not a happy Thanksgiving, right? I, I mean, they're, they're kind of damned. And, and, and I read that, and, and it's so hard for, for me to see. And, and yet, I, I don't think that Jesus told this story to say, by the way, you are all in trouble. I don't think that's why Jesus told this story. I think Jesus told this story to challenge us. And, and, and so here it is. We're only a few days away from Thanksgiving, right? And I wonder, I just wonder, we all know that we're supposed to be thankful. But, but I, I, what does that mean? What does that, that say to us? And, and when I look at this, this steward, I, 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 I think there are three important lessons we have from this fearful servant. The first is this, don't hide what God gives you. What God has given us should not be hidden out of fear. God cares more about our faithfulness with what we've been given than in the abundance we acquire. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about gifts, abilities. I'm talking about talents and time. I'm talking about um, opportunities that, that, that God gives us. And, and here's the thing, is God doesn't want us to hide those things. For this one servant, he, he thought the task was too big. And he's like so many Christians who are so overwhelmed by the magnitude of God's task that we put off contributing anything to it. It's just too big. I can't make a difference. I can't do what so-and-so is doing. I'm not enough. And so we, we just, we stuff it. We hide it. We hide what God has given us. And I just want to say to you, today is the day to stop that. The day is also the day to be thankful for what you have been given. God wants us to be filled with everyday thankfulness and faithfulness, not just for the not just for the big events or payoff days, but in the everyday ordinariness of life. Each day the Master's calls me to share his happiness. So I, I, I'm a little choked up and overwhelmed today, to be honest. Um, all this week, um, when people gave to this Imagine More, they gave me, um, we have a letter that's going out, and I said that I would write just a little note to each person. I figured, if you're going to make investment in us, I want to make investment and just sending the time just to thank each and every one of you. And so I had like, uh, um, I think it was like 85 notes to write this week. Um, uh, and as I started writing them, I realized that I knew every person. I, except for one. I'm going to find that person, by the way. Um, <laughs> except for one. I, I'm not sure who they are, but I'm, I'm going to find out. Um, and, and as I was writing these cards, I, I was so overwhelmed. Um, I was so overwhelmed. With what we've shared together. <laughs> right? Um, I walked with some of, you, some of you through cancer. Um, I've watched you raise your kids. Um, I've known you when I was a kid. Right? 
um, you've raised my kids. I watched your kids grow up. And I'm writing these letters, and I, I, I was amazed. It, it just, the, the, the trust. And, and this is not a judgment for those of you who haven't felt led to give to this. Please don't leave here thinking, well, he doesn't like me as much. No, no, Mr. Rogers liked everyone the way they were, just so you know. Um, and I'm not Mr. Rogers. <laughs> but I do want a red sweater. Anyway, anyway, but um, don't buy me a red sweater. Uh, but I just, I, I just, I, I started writing these notes, and there were, there were 12 kids and, and youth who also contribute, and, and, and I just started writing, and, and, and I just started thinking with each and every one, there's a story by each and every person, you know? You know, I'm just looking out here and see some of you have done your weddings, or some of you that came from another church, or, or some of you, you know, just, you've known each other since way back when, or, you know, gone through all sorts of things together, and, and, and I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude and thankfulness. And, and, and as I thought about that, I, I thought that um, these are the things that I need to remember because so often I, 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 I define myself by what I don't have or where we're not yet as a church or where I'm not yet as a husband or a father or, you know, or a grandfather, right? I, I, and, and I start to define myself in those ways of what I am not. But, but here I read the story and I see that the master... The master has said, you are precious to me. I like you just the way you are. You are precious to me and you have value. And so I have much to give you. Be faithful with it because there's more coming. Uh, I, I found this quote in this book I've been reading. It's called The Imperfect Pastor. It's a great book, actually. Um, and it says this. It says, seeing God's glory, hearing his voice, receiving his good news, and beholding his love was never meant to deliver us from the ordinary life and love in a place. It was meant instead to provide the means to preserve us there. Every hero knows this. The man who kicks the goal that wins the World Cup knows that tomorrow night or next season he has to start again. Another game is coming. He also still has to learn how to listen to his wife and cherish her, to resist exasperating his kids. To learn how to give his heart authentically to God and receive God's love and wisdom for his life. I don't know about you, but I look at my wife and my kids and this church, and I'm just so grateful that I get to share life each and every day with you. I'm so grateful for those things. And, and, and how easy would it be to not just define ourselves but why, by what we are not, but also to look at others by what we think they are not? I mean, did the, did the person with five bags of gold look down on the person with two? Did the person with two bags look down on the person who had one? I hope not. I hope not, because each was precious to the master. And, and, and so I, I, I want to just focus this morning that, that God has shared his wealth with you. And, and so we give thanks. And maybe this is a week where you just stop and, and you write maybe a note to someone you're thankful for. Maybe you just write down the names of people that you want to just pray for. That was one thing I loved in that Mr. Rogers movie. He, he, when he came upon someone that just he was cared for, he wrote their name down and he just lifted them up before God each day. And I thought, oh, how I want to do that. 
And, and, and so I, I just want this day to be a day where you just see just a few things here. Is one is that, that there is a God who so deeply loves you. He entrusts you with his wealth. He believes that you have been given the gifts to do even more. And, and, and so he's going to come back with the hope that you will trust him and do great things. So, so this morning, um, if you look on the back of your outline, did you all get an outline this morning? You all got it? Hold it up if you got it. All right, way to go, bulletin team. Okay, so, uh, so here you go. You see right that point number three on the back page? Okay, see the scriptures right below that? We're going to read those together. You ready? Let's read Psalm 9, verses 1 through 2. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Let's read Psalm 100 together. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's read 1 Corinthians 1.4. I always thank my God for you because of the grace given you in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 10.16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? You see, I wanted to stop there because when we take communion, God calls it the cup of thanksgiving, the bread of salvation. This is, this is why we take communion because I believe that this is the best way to prepare our hearts for thanksgiving. The Lord of lords, the King of kings has given his very life for us and because of that, we are not held bound by what we used to be. We are forgiven. We have the opportunity to now move forward as people who have been set free. I think about Patya and those women who have been set free from their slavery that they were in. And it is not much of a, a different tale that God has set us free from the slavery that we have been in. Because God knows us. He knows that we've made mistakes. He knows that we've had shortcomings. He knows that we've been hurt. And he says, and this is why I give my life for you. To fill your hearts not with fear, not with dread, not with judgment, not with brokenness, but with thankfulness. And so that's why we're